Hello and welcome to Lost in Sci-Fi and Fantasy. I'm your host, Leo, and this week we are discussing the recently released Haunted Mansion. A uh, couple things to kind of get out of the way before we even kind of touch into the episode. Uh, first off, I watched it yesterday, so this a lot of details are going to be a little bit fuzzy, but, you know, hey, I was able to recall a movie that I had watched um, weeks prior, so it should be fine. I am also a bit tired while recording this. It's been a bit of an exhausting few days. But other than that, things are going okay, and it should be just fine. Another thing that I feel that I should probably at least mention, as I forgot to mention it last week, as it pertains to covering kind of recent movies especially, very recent movies, it, it just feels right to address the fact that, you know, the writers and actors' strikes are currently going on as of recording this, and it is very important to support those strikes. The companies and they're really wearing being assholes on their sleeves. You know, they're being real absolute dicks about it. Yeah, so that's kind of an important one to bring up, especially since this movie that we're talking about this week is a Disney film, and Disney CEO Bob Iger is one of the ones being, you know, the biggest asshole. People used to look back and be like, oh, you know, he, he was a better CEO and whatnot, and, you know, he actually tried to do good things, and now it's, he's trying to sell shit off, and he's, he's the one spearheading the fucking starvation strategy. It, it's, it's not cool it's not good at all but with with those out of the way we, we can kind of now move on so the reason i didn't record this episode immediately like i normally would is because one i had a little bit of time between watching the movie and you know having to post it and two i wanted to make sure i had the book for the challenge this week finished so that i could also just kind of smoothly transition into the update this week i didn't want to have to do two separate recordings because I, I don't know exactly what's happening for the rest of this week at any moment some some different things could be sprung on me and i'll have to do do those so you know i wanted to just have it done in one recording session so i finished the book not too long ago i posted the short which is doing i think okay at the moment i posted the short which this week I kept very short because I accidentally left it on 15 seconds. But we'll go into to good detail about how I'm feeling about the, the challenge overall later. But with that said, and everything now kind of laid out, let us go ahead and get into the movie for this week by starting with my history with the, the, the movie. So the movie, Haunted Mansion, is a remake, kind of, or I guess you could technically call it a reboot of the Haunted Mansion movie from 2003, both of which are based off of the Haunted Mansion ride at Disneyland. Now, I meant to look it up. I forgot. But I think that the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion came out before Pirates of the Caribbean. I think Haunted Mansion was supposed to be kind of the testing grounds to see if they could do um, ride-based movies. Uh, and then they went into Pirates of the Caribbean. It's either that or it's the other way around. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so that, that's kind of my main history is that I watched the 2003 version with Eddie Murphy and I liked it well enough. It I remember it freaked me out as a kid because you know, ghosts and stuff. I barely remember the plot at all. But overall, it, it was a pretty good movie and generally, I believe, people liked it. 
then fairly recently did it as Muppets, which is kind of neat, I guess. And it pretty much followed a similar, if not the same plot as the previous one. I think it tried to lean more heavily on the ride. And then now there's the newest version. It's fun. Yeah, so let, let's go ahead and, and kind of dive dive on in. I'm not going to... I'll try to be a little careful of spoilers, but honestly, there's not a whole lot different going on in this film. I mean, they actually did try to change the plot up a bit, but the major changes to the plot kind of come in very early on in the story. So, you know, the, the basic plot is the main character, Ben, is called in to help a family who just moved into the titular haunted mansion his help thing is just to kind of i actually don't fully know why he he's called really um because i'll get i'll get into it it's very weird but he's brought in to help them he looks around he doesn't believe in ghosts he feels it's you know meh and whatnot so he goes in tries to investigate it's it's there's some spooky stuff going on but he he thinks he's he's just kind of being pranked he then leaves goes home just to find out that he has to go back and then shenanigans ensue happy ending i guess (laughs) like that's pretty much the the basic basic plot did i like it yeah it was actually a pretty good movie i liked the kind of through line motif of grim grinning ghosts that's that's always good i every halloween i listen to grim grinning ghosts and uh along with spooky scary skeletons because that is just a halloween tradition for me but yeah (laughs) that's all i can really say without like going too in depth into like the twists and turns and whatnot of the film but uh yeah so overall would i recommend it yes now let's go into spoilers so spoilers are thus he comes in to help the family again i don't know why he was brought in because he is a former astrophysicist he ended up dating and marrying a woman who did like ghost tours they fell in love he tried to merge their two you know things together by using his his optics you know focus in astrophysics to build a lens that could see ghosts was the idea and so he he did it and that's kind of why he's summoned but the reason why I'm confused is because they don't come up with the plan of attack of, like, identifying the ghosts until later, like, after he's he's brought in. And then they also don't come up with the plan afterwards that technically, theoretically, wouldn't have needed him there until also later. But that aside, <laughs> basically what happens is he is brought in by the priest played by Owen Wilson, who... You know, it asks, do you want to be a hero and whatnot? And, you know, Ben's rightfully says, no. I'm like, too bad. There's $2,000 in it, so let's let's go. He goes, takes his camera. When he gets there, he realizes that the battery's dead. Whoops. So he just kind of fakes it. He just goes around going... Pretending to take pictures. And then just kind of doodles on a bit of paper... Because he's already been paid. He got paid up front. He doodles on the notepad and says, you don't have ghosts. And of course, before he went into the house, he was given a big warning. Like, hey, you know, before you step into the house, you probably don't want to come in. In fact, leave. D- don't come in. Stay away. You know, fully warning him. Except for not fully warning him. Because it turns out that if you step foot in the house, you are then stuck in the house. He leaves. 
Because you can leave, but you are very likely to uh, take ghosts with you. They will follow you. And he is haunted at his house by a sea captain ghost. And th that's a scene that you see in the trailer is like him getting like the ocean, opening the door, seeing the ocean, and then a harpoon being thrown through. But he, he then comes back and he's like, hey, you, you could have actually properly warned me you could have told me the actual things she's like I, war I did warn you and he's like not good enough you didn't tell me exactly what was going to happen you didn't say i would be stuck here but then she throws it back at him and is like hey you came in and you just pretended to take pictures and shit so it's not fully my fault and then he's like you don't need a guy who can take pictures of ghosts you need an exorcist and She's like, well, we already tried that. And that's where you find out that uh, Owen Wilson's priest um, already tried to do an exorcism, failed, and got stuck in in the, the mansion as well. So they start developing a strategy. They need to try to identify the ghosts to try and figure out, you know, what's happening. So in order to do that, they needed to try to bring in two more people. I'm going to call them the professor and the sidekick because I can't remember all the characters' names. So they go to the professor to get information on the house. They take him out to dinner to, you know, because the main plan was to try to get him to the house to trap him in. But Ben, after hearing that he has a heart condition, tells him to stay away from the house, to not go to the house, and then just steals the papers from him. He does that because, you know, he doesn't want the poor guy to die of a heart attack while in the mansion because that would suck. Then they recruit the psychic and ha just straight up have her come into the house without t telling her what the issue is. You know, she she's, goes through, is like, yeah, there's issues here, there's some problems and whatnot, but, you know, I, I can do a cleansing and whatnot for X amount of money, etc. I'll invoice you and I'll be back in like, I think she said like a week or something. But then a few hours later, she <laughs> she comes back because she pulled a ghost with her. So... They are all now stuck together, bunking out in a living room because for some reason the living room's the safest. It's not explained at all why the living room has the least amount of ghostly activity, but for some reason it does. Who knows? They they just decided, yeah, let's let's make the living room a safe place, I guess. And that's kind of where this movie differs from different haunted mansion movies is that yeah, the people that come in are stuck in. They they have they're drawn back by the ghosts that follow them and that, that that's really fun and unique but anyway so they start figuring some things out they go through the records of the professor and everything and find out that there's a seance room so they go hold a seance and talk to the original owner of the mansion the original owner tells them speak to madame leone the uh psychic that he brought in to to help and then at that point the malevolent ghost throws out the psychic as they go chasing after her, they see a car coming, and it's the professor. He comes in, runs into the house. He gets scooped up by a chair, sent out, gets hit by a truck. They go to the hospital. Ghosts followed them, so they have to sneak him out and take him back to the house, you know, or else a lot more issues might ensue. So now the entire gang's there, and they're trying to figure things out. And he's like, well, we have to go find Madame Leone. So they, in the middle of the night, it turns out that the professor woke up and so that they went looking for him and he he is has been kind of wandering around saying like hey we have to find like madeleone and whatnot and they're like but where where would she be and he's like maybe the attic so they go up to the attic 
where they find the bride, who I believe in previous Haunted Mansion iterations was kind of one of the more prevalent ghosts, like part like a big part of the original Haunted Mansion movie, and even the Muppet one is like the one of the people becoming the next like husband of her and about to get murdered kind of thing. At least that's kind of what I remember being one of the plot lines. Anywho, that aside, we we come across her. They find Madame Leone, who's trapped in a crystal ball, her own crystal ball. They commune with her. She shows them pretty much the entire backstory of the mansion. You know, how how it came to have so many ghosts in it. And it turns out that the original owner, Mr. Grace... Uh, grieving the passing of his wife, sought Madame Leone's help to, you know, talk to her, commune with her. She didn't show up. So he kept insisting that they keep doing it. But by constantly doing seances, they opened up the, the, a passage between the realms and a bunch of ghosts started coming through. And one of those was a very malevolent, evil spirit who kind of pretended to be his wife wrote him a letter and said, join me in the afterlife and said, join me in the afterlife. So he ends up killing himself. But after communing with the dead or with Madame Leone, they decide that what they have to do is they have to identify who the, this evil ghost is and then banish him. But in order to do that, they have to do what they call a reverse seance where they they put themselves into like the ghost realm kind of thing and you know try to try to see who it is or like ask the ghosts or mr grace or whoever who this guy is that that's causing issues so they do it they well ben's the one who actually is able to do it he goes in he sees the face but they don't know they don't know who it is but he he remembers the face vividly so they go to a police sketch artist have them sketch it, and then they're like, hey, could you put, like, flesh on that and whatnot? And so he does. They, they're able to identify it, and so they have to get an item from him, the, the hat box ghost. So they have to find an item from him, so they have to go to his house. But the hat box ghost kind of traps them in the house and tries to, you know, kill them. Even though, because the whole, like, thing, the thing that they're trying to prevent is that he needs... 1,000 spirits is that he needs 1,000 spirits the last one has to be willing he's at 999 so if he just straight up killed someone they wouldn't necessarily be willing but they're able to escape the death trap and flee uh, the professor starts having a bit of a heart attack the hatbox ghost possesses him the priest the the boy and Ben go to the hatbox ghost's original house where they go through this tour and whatnot but eventually they're able to find like his original head from when he was decapitated and his top hat so they bring the top hat back you know they go in run into the possessed professor they kind of split up ben goes and unties the psychic and the mom and then the, the priest just kind of is chatting with the possessed professor, the possessed professor, and he, he, you know, gives, 
he has, tries to fight to keep the hat under control, but has trouble. Yeah, and anyway, let, let's just kind of work our way through. Uh, it turns out that the Hatbox Ghost has decided to change targets from Ben to the boy because he feels that he can convince the boy to, you know, willingly give up his soul. So now it's a race to find the boy and defeat the ghost by regaining the hat which he threw into the fire. So the priest runs distraction on the other ghosts that are around while the professor, newly unpossessed, tries to recover the hat. Then uh, Ben and the mother try to find the son. Or the, yeah, the son. Ben's able to find him and is able to talk to him by relating to him that, yeah, losing someone so close to you sucks because he lost his wife and that's why he was the original target of the Hatbox Ghost was because he he had a very strong grief going through this house and learning that the afterlife is real but then also learning that, you know, his wife almost certainly passed on properly. So he's, he goes into a bit of a depression. And it turns out that the son had lost his father like a year ago. And that's part of the reason why they had moved down into New Orleans and bought the mansion to try to turn into a and b Yeah, so he's able to, you know, talk him down. Then as they're trying to flee, the... Hatbox Ghost kind of pulls them in towards the graveyard. And then, you know, big showdown. Hatbox Ghost is defeated. The movie ends. Uh, ben and the mom start dating. And they live in the mansion with the professor, the priest who had turned out to be a fake priest, but he's now getting properly ordained. The sidekick. You know, everyone's living together in the in the mansion for some reason, along with a bunch of the ghosts that decided to stay you know, because they, they couldn't move on because of the Hatbox Ghost. Now they could. But now that the Hatbox Ghost is gone, they might as well hang out for a bit. But yeah, that's that's the movie. That's Haunted Mansion. It's it's pretty good. Uh, like I said, I liked the kind of the fact that they turned Grim Grinning Ghosts into like a an overture slash motif that kind of kept playing throughout here and there in different variations. That was nice. Although I kind of wish that it properly had Grim Grinning Ghosts in it. I think it might have played during the credits at some point, but I didn't stick around for the credits because I didn't want to. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think that that's pretty good. Do I recommend it? Yes, it's pretty good. Also be a bit forewarned that Jared Leto's in this movie. Luckily, his part is relatively small. Technically, he's the he's the hatbox ghost, so you don't see his face. And he doesn't... He, he's barely in it, pretty much. Like you hear his voice a, hear, a few times and whatnot, and he, I don't know, Jared Leto sucks as a person. It, it, it's just shame, but he does, yeah. But yeah, uh, with that said, that's that's that. That is Haunted Mansion. I recommend it. Maybe wait for it to come out on DVD or streaming. It'll eventually come to Disney Plus. It's a Disney movie. Uh, but yeah, with that said, let us go ahead and move on to the challenge. Part of the whole reason I waited a whole day to record this episode. So what happened in the challenge? I finished the book. It took me like a day or two longer than I wanted it to. But like I said, it's been a very busy week. Not only is this going to be a, an update on the challenge overall, it's going to be kind of an update overall again. As once again, a couple months later... <laughs> 
it looks like things are going to get a bit complicated for the show. For the podcast and for episodes of the Lego Pirates of the Caribbean, things might get complicated. I have this next week to figure out just how complicated things might get. With fingers crossed, it won't be too bad. <laughs> but anywho, we breathe in and we breathe out. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Probably the next update will be proper, like, this is what's happening kind of thing. But we'll see. Uh, but yeah, so things might get complicated. I should be getting, hopefully, fingers crossed again, a job fairly soon that is kind of sputtery. It goes in sessions. I'll keep you guys updated in general while I'm doing that. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into the main thing. So I finished this week the... What was it? The Tyrant's Tomb. So this one was interesting. So overall, the book is fine. It had It's had the same feeling that all of the books have had. This weird kind of... Like, a lot of... Like, not a whole lot of events happen. Well, also a lot of events happen. But at the same time, not a lot of events happen. It, it's, it's one of those things. Because it's, once again, set in a central location. This time, Camp Jupiter. And there's, like, an overarching, you know, thing. It's stationed in this one place. It's not spanning the entire country or anything. It's just this one area. That's nice. I like it. I still like that. Though some things were introduced this time that I didn't like. Like, the weird, kind of, sort of, but not really romance between Reyna and Apollo. No. That was weird. Um, I'm getting sick of the increased pop culture references because it's dating the books way too much. It's dating the books way too much. In the original Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, there wasn't all that many references to the time period of the books. So you could technically place it anywhere. In Heroes of Olympus, again, there's not really much of a reference to the time period. You might get a little bit of a reference here or there, but for some reason, with Trials of Apollo, Rick Rorden has decided to not only double down, but pretty much triple down on inserting pop culture references and dating the books. Hard. In the first book, there's a reference to Guardians of the Galaxy with the fact that there's a character that just says their name. Peaches. Then in the second book, there's a reference to bottle flipping which was only really popular, like, prop, like at its height, in 2016. The third book was mercifully calm with it. It didn't really bring up much, if any, pop culture references. It, you know, it kept it relatively calm there, except for maybe it might have brought up YouTube a little bit more, and Instagram and whatnot. But overall, again, smartphones... But not too bad. This book, though, it talks about Instagram. It talks about Fortnite. It talks about, like, oh my god. Uh, what, what was the other one? There was another really egregious exam example that I was like, really? Please stop. But it, it's getting annoying. Especially since, technically, if you took the first book... 
Percy Jackson and the Olympians and set that as its start time. Like that's when the series was originally set and has originally started. Then this book, where we are now, is set near mid, like in April of 2010, where all of these references don't exist. Because if you look at the timeline of events, all of these books take place over about a five-year span. Because some books take place during the winter uh, of the same year of the, uh, the previous book. All of the Heroes of Olympus series takes place over the course of about six months. Well, technically, technically a little bit more. But, yeah, just about the course of six or so months. Starting in December of uh, the previous year, going all the way through to August of the next year. Of, like, I think it's 2009. And then this book is set six months after that. So it, it's, it's awkward to say the least. It's because Rick Rorden has decided to keep compressing the timeline and i feel like he's decided to just throw caution to the wind kind of thing and just include whatever references he wants and that's fine because you do have to keep some stuff relevant for for newer things like for jokes but at the same time you do them so fleetingly that they just end up being jarring and really dumb especially when you decide to rename fortnite into fortis nitus like that hurt my soul. Now this book was written in 2019, so that's understandable. The last book in the Trials of Apollo series is, was written in 2020, so fairly recently, uh, all things considered. But yeah, it it hurt. It hurt to to read those, and it's getting kind of annoying because every time it pops up, it just like is like a punch to the face, especially when it doesn't make a whole lot of sense too. Like prior. When it's like, oh, you know, demigods can't use phones and whatnot. It made a little bit of sense. You know, smartphones and whatnot weren't that big of an issue or anything. And you could just ignore them when they eventually came around. They're mentioned quite a bit now. I mean, as it is, they still aren't allowed to use them. But now it's also kind of expanded to, like, they can't use the internet and whatnot. Because the internet became very, very prominent. Uh, for like social media and whatnot. Yeah, it's... Yeah. And again, the violence and gore and everything are kind of, once again, ramped up a bit. You know, with, with the discussion of a man getting run over by a horse-drawn chariot and splattered. Or the fact that, that the guy that ordered that to happen is now a fucking skeleton dude. Well, um... Lester, or Apollo, has a festering wound the entire book as he is slowly killed from a zombie virus. You know, Tuesday. It's all fun and whatnot, but it's starting to, to drain me a little bit. <laughs> but we're on the last Trials of Apollo book. From there, things start getting complicated with how much I'm going to be able to read, as well as um, how much I'm going to be able to make episodes. We'll see. Uh, it gets a little bit complicated, but it's fine. We'll work it out. We'll figure this shit out. As it is, I have two episodes pre-recorded 
Uh, in fact, one of those episodes is the next episode, Annihilation, and then the other one's the episode after that, 65. And then I have planned what the episode after that will be, I just still need to actually watch the stuff for it. So, you know, we're not in the dark for the next few weeks, it's just whether or not I'm going to be able to record the update for the episode at the end of the episode, or what I'm going to do. I'll figure it out. Uh, in this next week, and I'll update you guys next week, but we'll see. I haven't really started the next book yet. I got everything set up for the book. I just need to dive on in, but I needed to get this recorded so that I could, you know, start editing it and, you know, get things ready for Monday. Uh, but yeah, with that, I think that that's pretty good. Like I said, it's kind of draining on me, but after this next book, we have three technically spacer books before we dive into magnus chase those three books are as follows i believe it goes do 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 um outbound flight the sun and the stars a nico d'angelo story and then uh, i can't even remember what it's called like serpents no not serpents fire Whatever the second King Chronicles book is, I'm not looking forward to that one. <laughs> I'll be honest. It's it's going to drive me a little bit mad, that one, but I'll be pretty much forced to read it, so I should be fine. <laughs> Anywho, uh, with that said, that's kind of what's going on. That's how the update's going, and what I feel about the, the pop culture references constantly being brought up now. It sucks. <laughs> Yeah, with that said, I think we can go ahead and leave it there. The next episode, like I said, will be Annihilation. Uh, and we will then be talking about the Tyrant's Tomb. Um, and maybe even the beginnings of Outbound Flight. We'll see. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys liked this, feel free, if you're on YouTube, to give it a like, comment, or subscribe. Or feel free to like it and review it on whatever podcast app you're listening to. Uh, and if you want to see something else that I'm doing, I have recently started a new series. Yay! Because we finished Republic Heroes, so now we're on to Lego Pirates of the Caribbean. And the first episode, hopefully it's not an omen, uh, has some issues. Uh, <laughs> like, one, it got copyright claimed almost immediately. So that that's funny. <laughs> but we roll on. I'm not going to pull the music out. I'll just let it roll. Anywho, uh, yeah. With that said, thank you guys so much for listening. Goodbye.